The Mel Gedroich Podcast. Hey, it's Mel G, and this week on our little podcast, we're going to be talking about, hmm, Bush making a new friend, regional airports, kisses on text messages. Well, listen, if you like the sound of that, then do have a listen to me every Saturday lunchtime from one on magic. There'll be more chat, oh yes, and great songs thrown into the mix. Hello, it's Mel G on Magic here. Uh, I am with the ultimate... Uh, the man machine that is the mighty Bush. Hey, how's it going? Oh, listen, all the better for seeing you, my friend. We're not going to talk about Greece this week because that puts something of a wedge between us last week. It was a bit of a dust-up, wasn't there? A bit of a fight at the end of the show last there was, time. There, yeah. was a, there, was a, there was an atmosphere. There's been no reconciliation as well. We haven't really talked about it since. We're like the Jets and the Sharks from West Side Story on this. Yeah i.e. we're not going to cross that line and dance together. Absolutely. Let's just uh, let's have a demilitarised zone and just see what happens. Good call. Uh, now, um, listen, listen, Bush, so good to see you. I need to lay something on the line with you, OK? OK. Uh, this week, I've made a new friend. Ooh. I've made a new friend. Now, you get to that certain age, don't you, where you sort of think, well, have I kind of got enough friends? Do I need to make more friends? But actually, it's really good to keep making friends. It's very good to keep making friends. Some might drop off, some might move away, yeah. some might... Do you know what I mean? You might just fall out with somebody. I worry sometimes that I'm I'm not going to make any more friends. What if I don't make any more friends and I, you just stick at a certain number? Well, I think you've lost quite a few friends with your comments <laughs> about Greece, mate, but... Uh, you said we wouldn't go back there. I can't help myself. Tell us about your new mate, then. Oh, he is so nice. He's such a nice guy. He's called Matt. Now, there's an addendum to this, which is Bush... He lives really near you. And Does I, he? I've got this feeling that you two are going to really get on. Right. So how did you meet this Matt, that he lives really near me? He's a friend of a friend, yeah. and he's building us um, some extraordinarily beautifully crafted shelves because he is an artisan. Oh, is he now? He's a ma- You see, I can see you're interested in him already. I'd love to be an artisan. And he... Mate, I just know you're going to get on. Wow, this Matt guy sounds pretty cool. But is this too... It's that thing where you introduce someone to someone else. Is it too much pressure? Is it like a blind date? Well, I would worry a little bit. Say if you love Matt and you're talking about Matt all the time and you think he's brilliant and then you introduce him to me and then me and Matt start hanging out together and maybe in Essex we go to the arcades quite a bit in Southend and then Matt doesn't really text you anymore and he kind of turns into my best friend. I-, I wonder whether the best thing to do is for us to meet at like a neutral location. You could be with Matt in the car and I'll, I'll you know, go and have a chat with him in the centre for a little bit and just see whether it's all okay. In the centre? At the centre of what the car mean? park or... Well, I don't want to rush into things with Matt. I've never met him before. It's not Juliet Bravo, mate. <laughs> We're not on some sort of stakeout here. But I'm just worried about, you know, arranging to go for like a coffee with him if I've never met the guy before. Will it be embarrassing? No, I, you know, maybe we'll get on great. I just, you know, I'm not sure. I don't want to, look, I don't want to rush into things with Matt. <laughs> We've only just kind Sh- of met. Shall we go for a neutral coffee? Yep. And then I will slip away. And just leave us to it. I'll slip away and I'll say something like, oh, I must pop over to the greengrocer or something yeah, yeah. like that. And then I'll leave you two to it. Like you're trying to set us up? Yeah. Um, do you think we'll get on? What, really what, well. What are Matt's characteristics? What's he into? He's very arty, like you are. Um, he's incredibly outgoing, friendly, um, just a really top bloke. And I just think you'd really get on. 
That'd be good. It's nice when you introduce people and they become friends or even have a relationship. I'm not saying yes. that's going to happen with Matt. It's early days. Yeah. But um, it, it makes you feel nice, do doesn't it? Do you want it? another friend? Could you do with another friend? It's definitely... I don't know that many people in Leon C because we're newly moved there. Yeah. So I would love a friend that, you know, like I said, maybe Matt and I could go to the arcades or... I've been talking about getting into jogging. Maybe Matt and I could go for a jog on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning. I can see it happening. You reckon? Yeah, I can see it happening. Would it be a bromance? I think it would be. Oh, that'd be so good. I'd I love think, a new friend. I think we've got the blossoms, blossomsing, blossomsing of, yeah. of well, a bromance. I stood on a hill in Essex last weekend after did this show and I watched a guy with a remote control plane fly around on his own and I thought, I'd love to do that with someone. I wouldn't do it on my own, but if I had someone else that had backed me up, my other half, Katie, she wasn't interested in model planes. Maybe Matt's interested in model How planes. How do you do model planes with somebody else, though? Because there's only one set of controls, isn't there? We just take turns. And then oh. he could be charging his plane whilst I'm using mine. That's really sweet. I let him have a go on it for a bit. Matt, do you want to have a go on this? All right, mate, I'll just land there, then you take over. I don't know if Matt's into um, model planes. I'll ask him. It might be a deal breaker, so maybe we'll find that out first before we meet in the car park. Okay, so if he likes model planes, it's a go-go. New friendship. I'm going to throw again... The can. Oh, good throwing from Mel. Gold Affairs. Right, what is in this canister today, folks? Come on, man. Come on. Right, here we go. Ever accidentally put kisses on a text to a person you wouldn't normally send Absolutely. them to? Absolutely. Bank manager, mate. Terrible, isn't it? And it's just so... It's... Oh, it's awful on so many levels. It just means you're not really thinking about that person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're just like... oh, <laughs> Yeah. Embarrassing. Also, as well, I think it's part of you know when you're tapping your thumbs. I try and type all my texts as quickly as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're trying to do stuff in life too quickly. Mm-hmm. I've put a kiss on the end of a text to like a plum, the plumber guy that was doing the the bathroom for us, and I had to then send another one saying sorry about that. No, but that's worse. Too far. If you go back, then. No, I think if you do it, you just have to let it go. Although I have started doing kisses to uh, on text to male friends recently. It's like a thing. I love that. It's quite nice, isn't That's it? That's great. What's your views on XOXOXO? Horrid. It's weird, isn't the it? The O denotes a hug, doesn't it? Is that what it means? Yeah. The X is a, is a kiss and the O is a hug, someone told me. Is that right? Sinister. A bit sinister. Yeah, no, don't, don't, be, don't be going down that route. But I think X is, I think, I think judicious use thereof. Okay. The bank manager was was clearly quite befuddled by it because I didn't hear back from him for ages. <laughs> and then I bumped into him in the flesh. Oh, really? He was yeah. probably like, could he not make eye contact? And he, he it was in Superdrug and he was backing away. We'd virtually had an affair. I know. <laughs> That's the weird thing about it. <laughs> we were in the hair straighteners section for some reason. I, I, I'm not thinking of buying a hair straightener. I don't need one. My hair is very, very straight. But I was sort of nozzling around the... Um, hair straighteners and I bumped into him there and we'd had the XX on the text it was very it was weird very awkward yeah a bit like a scene from when Harry met Sally exactly uh, now this is Mel G on Magic with the Mighty Bush um, oh good distraction time for Ledger of Legends Listen, if you don't know what this is, then get involved, okay? Every week, we like to nominate something in life which is a little bit unsung. It's a little bit a little bit sort of put into the back of the drawer, like the old porridge of yeah. your... 
You've probably got a tin of something at the back of your food cabinet that you think, you know it's never going to get eaten. Exactly. It's been there for years. What would yours be? Mine would be, hang on, I saw it the other day. It was a very, very, very old tin of anchovies. Oh, I've got a really old tin of hot dog sausages. But I think they've got a bit of time left on them, though, I think. Oh, no, mate, I wouldn't go into those. Really? I'd be careful. I reckon even if there was some form of nuclear fallout apocalypse, you could still be all right to eat hot dog sausages and just keep on going. Do you think? Oh, Frey Bentos. Ooh, spam. Oh, spam. Spam. Mm. What? How do you eat spam? I have never tried it. I've never tried do it. Do you fry it? I don't know. Mm. Do you spread it? Don't know. Can you no. have a sandwich of spam? <laughs> a spamwich. Spamwich. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, now listen. Okay, this week for our ledger of ledge, I think you might quite appreciate this actually, Bush. So I was reading in the paper. Uh, a few days ago, mm. and, uh, you know, we love the Lake District. We go up there every summer. They are very excitingly thinking of opening Carlisle Airport. Whoa. Uh, you can fly there from Belfast and possibly South End, actually. Me and Matt can come. So you and Matt could come up. I'm so I'm, good. I'm going to put in today's Ledger of Ledge the unsung small airports yeah. of GB. Way better than the big airports. Oh, the big airports get all the attention. Exactly. You have to turn up about four hours early, queue Ig- with loads of other people. Exactly. I can imagine having a shandy and playing a fruit machine whilst waiting for the plane that you can clearly see land. Exactly. Yes. I'm imagining there'll be no um, baggage handlers. No. Nope. You'll just do it yourselves. Yeah, just go straight on through, mate. Yeah. Just you sign can here. Take your own your, your own luggage and just pop it on board. Do us a favour and write down what you've got in your bag and then get straight on the plane. Carlisle Airport, mate, it's going in. Maybe have a whip round for petrol before you set off as well. (laughs) Uh, If you could please render that in your legendary ink. Uh, Now, Bush, we know it's February 17th. Yeah, we all know that. Anyone could tell you that. But what day is it? I'm going to tell you what month it is, Mel. Yeah, it's February. It's hot breakfast month. Oh. What a cracking month. That's music to my ears, mate. World Hot Breakfast Month. Celebrating hot breakfast. I've got three amazing breakfast facts for you. Oh, brilliant. Fact number one, the average person sits down to breakfast at 7.31am during the week and 8.28am at the weekends. Quite early at the weekend. 8.28 in the morning. I'd have said more like 9.11. Yeah, something like that. A bit later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact number two, the nation's favourite breakfast is a cooked breakfast, followed by porridge, breakfast cereal and then toast. Now, gang... I love a full English breakfast. Mm-hmm. Full British breakfast, I should say. Yeah. I love that. How do you then eat porridge after that, though? Oh, no, I think this is this is in order of preference. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the breakfast. That would be so good, though. God. That's surely in order of preference, not in one sitting. Because I was going to say, that would be, be really intense. You, you, if, you did, if you ate like that, it'd be like one of those people who try to get their money's worth at a buffet at yes, a B&B. I always do that. Oh, me too. Have a bit of each. What's your favourite hot breakfast? Hot breakfast for me, favourite's got to be uh, full English breakfast with um, black pudding. I love black pudding. I got into that a couple of years ago. I'd always poo-pooed it. Yeah. I love it, man. you ever tried white pudding? No. I've never tried white pudding. That looks sinister. No, it does look a bit sinister. Yeah. Final breakfast fact. Come on. The world's first breakfast cereal was created in 1863 yeah. and needed soaking overnight to be chewable. Like Bircher muesli. Is that what it is like? Yeah, you, the Bircher you have to soak overnight for it to kind of go pliant. I don't like the idea of something you have to kind of embalm overnight to be able to eat the damn thing. Yeah, I wonder what it was made of. What did you say, 1803? 1863. 1863. Oh, man. Probably, I don't know, wood shavings? (laughs) It probably is. (laughs) Something like that.
Oh, but again, every every week you deliver a boon of facts. Thank you so much, Mel. That was very, very strong, and I'm Thank glad you. it's the whole month and not just the day. Yes. Uh, now, dearest Bush, I must ask, stop doodling. <laughs> How's your week been? Mel, my week has been good, but I owe you an apology. Oh. I want to apologise. What, you like Greece after all? <laughs> no, I'm not going to, that definitely hasn't happened. <laughs> This is what happened. Uh, I think last week when one of the songs was on, uh, you told us about a play that you were in, like a musical you're going to be in. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm quite bad at listening to stuff, so I didn't take in very much information. I think you're a very good listener, Bush. Oh, Stop, thank don't you. Don't do yourself down. You're a super listener. But I then tell I, you everything. I went home and then told my other half, Katie, yeah. oh, I said, uh, Mel's going to be singing in something. Yeah. So even less information than you gave me. Yeah, sure. And I couldn't provide her with any more information at all. Uh, and then her friend Nat McCormack, who's involved in the world of musicals, oh, don't tell me what she, she does. Do? I don't know what do? she does. Is she a choreographer? I'm not too sure. She sounds like with a name like Nat. Nat. I'm seeing her in a little pair of leg warmers. Yeah. Or doing that thing where she wears tights, but then she taps her top oh, hat with a cane. Oh, I'd love to do that. Either way, oh, she sent a photo of a poster of you in a musical with, in over, across the top of it in block capitals, this is big news. Really? And it's the, the thing that you're in. Yeah. Again, you've got to help me here. With the lady that's a legend in the world of musicals. Patty Lupone. Patty Lupone. Patty Lupone. So tell us she about this, because I feel bad incredible. now that I didn't really uh, give it the attention Katie, it deserves. Come on. Um, do, do I sense a plug uh, about to happen? <laughs> Let me just prepare myself. Uh, no, it's not for a while. It's going to be on in September at the Gilgood Theatre in uh, London's West End. I can't believe that. Oh, London's West End. Yeah, I know. I literally, as I said that, I had a sort of really weird hot flush. Could uh, be the menopause, but anyway. <laughs> um, it's called Company, and Company. it's a, it's an iconic musical. It really is. Written in 1970 by Stephen Sondheim, who is the daddy, the big daddy of musicals. Great name as well, Stephen Sondheim. I know. It's almost uh, absolutely perfectly matched for, isn't it? He wrote, my friend, the lyrics for West Side Story as, a, as a very young man. Yeah, he's in his late 80s now. <laughs> And he's unbelievable. So it's going to be incredible. Big cast. I think there's 14 of us. Oh, my lords. And it's quite hard to sing. Oh, my lord. And the woman, I've never Patty heard of Lupin. this woman before, right? Patty Lee. You mention her name to anyone, and it's like, to, in a football sense, it'd be like saying, oh, I went for a beer the other day with Maradona. Ig. She's the Maradona of the musical theatre world. Yeah, basically, Bush, if you were to sort of meld Elaine Page in with Maradona, you might get halfway close <laughs> To uh, to Patty Lupone. It's mad. It's like an entirely different world. Like oh. a different thing I didn't even know about. So I apologise for that. It sounds like it's going to be brilliant. You love. Oh, cheers! You love mate. challenging yourself. Yeah. You don't. You don't like an easy life, do you, Mel? No, I like a bit of a challenge. Bit of a challenge. Yeah. Patty Lupone, though. I do. You know what? I've got this slight worry though because um, there are going to be a lot of very good voices in there and. Wow. And me, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get a singing lesson once a week. Actually, are you really? I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I'm gonna pledge to do that. And Patty Lapone sounds a bit mob wives. I wouldn't want to kind of like get on the wrong side of her. You might don't end cross up, her. You end up sleeping with the fishes. You got that song wrong. You're gonna be wearing concrete waders. <laughs> That's what Patty says. Get back to the second stanza and get it right this time. Oh, uh, producer Louise just given me her phone, which has got photos of Patty Lapone on it. Check her out, man. She has a voice. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. She looks like a piece of work. She's got a cathedral of a voice. Do you know what I'm saying? It's in creds. So, are you nervous about doing this? Yes. Very, very nervous, mate. But I'm actually all right because it's now February and September seems like an awful long way away. Have you got to do singing 
and dancing, or is it just singing, standing singing? I've got to do a full jujitsu uh, <sighs> scene. I've got to throw someone, my husband. You're getting out of town. I've got, no, I've got to learn a bit of jujitsu as well. Really? Singing and jujitsu, lads. Wow, so at the end of this whole process, you're going to sing beautifully and oh. be an expert in martial arts. I'm hoping I'll be able to stand at the back and sort of, like I did in school choir, and kind of go, <laughs> and kind of mime along so everyone else uh, sings and I look as if I'm singing. Don't tell anyone I said that. You're going to try and mime your way through we'll see. the production. <laughs> I'm going to tell Patty. Oh, don't get Patty on me. Were you miming there? I hear you. I see you. You're miming there. Get into my car. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone. Now, I'm so glad you've taken on board the whole concept of PLP because she is very, very strong. <laughs> right. I'm going in, chaps. Going in? I'm going in. What? What? Look at the amount of rubbish that we accrue whilst we, we make this show. I think it's just very artistic. It's it's our artistic juices. Pictures, there's empty sachets of sugar, spoons. Mm, it's quite Patty Lupone, actually. It's Patty Lupone. A lot of coffee cups. Right, coffee cups. A lot of coffee cups and a lot of script. Get me another coffee over here. This girl's killing me. I want rye. I want extra rhino mayo. <laughs> Ever ordered something online and when it arrived, it was completely different? That's good. Ooh. Blooming supermarket shops. Um, excuse oh. me. I'm sorry to have beef. This is a first world problem. Yeah. I've only ever ordered stuff about twice online because every single item was different. You're absolutely right. And sure what they do? They take liberties Why they think, all right, you've ordered um, potatoes, but they don't want any potatoes. So we'll give you an avocado. Yeah, it's like an avocado ain't going to make a roast dinner. Yeah. Or, or, or sorry, uh, the toothpaste you uh, wanted isn't here. Here are some nappies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What's the flipping point of that? I know, and you've got no record, there's no comeback when you're getting delivered to you. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. It's like those people who order, and I feel really sorry for them, it happened just this year, just gone. People who order their Christmas lunch stuff oh, yes. to be delivered on Christmas Eve so they yeah. can do their Christmas dinner, and then they give them like something completely different. There's no <gasps> chance for them to change it around. Oh, man. That's... These poor people. Do you know what? Actually, I've ordered something for my elder daughter's birthday, oh. which is in April. I'm okay. very, very organised. And it's, I'm not going to say what it is in case she's listening, but it's a poster. And it came through the other day. It's an A4 size poster. <laughs> it's absolutely minuscule. You can barely see. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's a person that she loves. You can barely see him. Oh, no. I mean, you literally have to get a magnifying glass. And it, and it was advertised online as a poster. That's a poster, my friends, is something large that takes up space on your wall. Yeah. Not a piddling little postcard. It looks like a yeah, bookmark. Yeah. You believe it? What are you going to do? Get another one, but a bit bigger? Or? I can't be bothered. <laughs> I can't be bothered. <laughs> Good, Melgeon Magic. Yes, you can hear it in my voice. It's time for Till Mill. You can ask me absolutely anything, but don't expect a nice reply. Come along now. Hi Mel, it's Billy. Last week I ate a dog biscuit after my brother dared me to. I weirdly liked it. Should I be worried? Billy. <laughs> Was it a savoury dog biscuit or a sweet dog biscuit, I'm wondering? Mm, Billy, what sort of relationship do you have with your brother? Mm, Billy, are you going to eat more dog biscuits? These are all questions we need to be answered. I don't have enough information. Next, please. Hi, Mel, it's Andy. I was so hungry at work yesterday and had no food left, so I ate a baby bell that was in the office fridge. The guy who it belonged to has found out and was not happy. Do I fess up or pretend I know nothing about it? Andy. 
What is it with you? What is it with the strange foodstuffs that are going down this week? Dog biscuits, baby bells. I've never bought a baby bell. My children, in years gone by, asked me to get baby bells. And do you know what I said to them? No. A waxed small cheese? That is the work of the devil. You will not be going anywhere near that, so I'm not interested. Next, please. Hi, Mel. It's Ellen. I've got a massive crush on my dentist, so I keep making appointments just to see him. I don't know how much longer my pretend toothache is going to fall in, though. What should I do? Ellen! You and me both. Mm, I've confessed it, here and now. I don't have a crush on your dentist, Ellen. I have a crush on mine! I'm not sure about the fake toothache. Uh, I don't know. I know, have some very, very expensive orthodontic work. You'll need to be in there once a week to have your wires trapped up. So good luck with that, Ellen. It'll be expensive, but I'm sure it'll be worth it. so much for listening to our scrumptious little podcast we do love it when you do hear more larks like that every saturday lunchtime from one on magic the mel gedroyd show the mel gedroyd podcast